Opening program parameters. Player code established. Welcome, Welcome. to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. Hope your week is going splendid, and if you are a band or musician, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's Bandcamp Friday. Did you make any sales? What did you sell? Tweet to me at the Metal Robot. We've got a great show for you today. Spotify was in the news because Joe Rogan just cannot keep his trap shut, and Neil Young pulled his music along with many others as a result. We'll speak with Curtis Dewar and Gaia Gawarda of C Squared Music Marketing about that coming up. After that, this week's releases including Corn, Venom Prison, and more. This week's Metal Robot News Recap to follow later on in the show. And wrapping things up, we'll continue talking about Spotify with the C-Squared gang because there was a lot of discussion about why Spotify is never getting rid of Joe Rogan and why the whole thing may have actually been overblown. Let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to... MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Tom McKay on the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome into the show. It is February 5th today, and these past few weeks have been pretty busy up here in Canada. Of course, I'm sure you've heard about the trucker convoy, or as I've been calling it, the valid reason you're late for work today. Boss, I'm sorry, but there's 20 fucking semis blocking the road. It's not my fault these dumbass dock lizards can't drive! Aside from that, of course, as I briefly talked about on last week's podcast, the controversy surrounding Spotify, Joe Rogan, and Neil Young that's been developing this past while. So to talk about this, a couple of days ago, I sat down with Curtis Dewar and Gaia Gawarda, representing C-Squared Music Marketing, to talk about it. And it went so well that I now have to split up the interview into two parts. So without wasting too much time, let's take a look at what was said in part one. So to start off, I'd first like to quickly welcome the co-founder of C-Squared Music Marketing, Curtis Dewar to the show again. Curtis has been on quite a few times. Curtis, how's it going? Going great, dude. Fantastic. Also with us on the panel is Gaia Gawarda, who's also working at C-Squared, but is also a solo musician and the lead vocalist slash harpist of her metal band, Uriel. Gaia, thanks for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Well, I'm glad to have you both on. Now, I hope you guys don't mind. Before we start getting into the real questions here, I want to make sure that everybody is caught up on the situation because it's a lot. But to bring everybody up to speed as quickly as possible, during the pandemic, Joe Rogan has been putting out podcast episodes where he repeatedly talked about vaccine and COVID facts that are about as real as unicorns, yetis, and a father's love for their Joe Rogan-loving child. He also brought guests on his show who, according to Reddit, are experts in the field of bullshit, and people have been getting pissed with Joe Fort ever since. But things really came to a head about a week ago when Neil Young put out an open letter to Spotify to remove his music from the platform because of it. Quote, you can have Rogan or Young, not both. And the internet lost its mind. Reactions after reactions were pouring in. The main one, of course, being, who the hell is Neil Young? 
<laughs> oh God, I can see the tweets this will generate once this goes live. Oh God. Uh, now, since I talked about this in last week's podcast, Young isn't the only one pulling the Spotify plug anymore. At the time of recording this, Joni Mitchell joined in, so have Nils Lofgren, David Crosby, Graham Nash, and alternative band Failure. Though notably, so far, there haven't been any metal musicians. And that's weird. So I guess my first question to our panel here is, why do you think that is? Clarify what your question, Tom. Why do you think it is that few metal people are pulling? Or yeah, why? Like why why are there are so metal? few? Why are there so few metal musicians getting involved in this kind of uh, in either pulling out their music from Spotify or getting involved in going? Yeah, Joe Rogan's awesome. Leave him on the side. Yeah. Well, this is my own opinion, and Gaia Gaia might might hate me for saying this. He might hate me for saying this, but I don't think anybody really cares. Okay. <laughs> I really don't think anybody cares. Like, honestly, like maybe, maybe I think this is like a big, all the whole thing's like a big clickbait thing to get for Joe and for Neil and for any, and I think that a lot of musicians are kind of jumping on the bandwagon so that way they can just get more money by going to other platforms because Spotify pays shit, but they're the biggest yeah. one in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think this is kind of more like an excuse to get higher payouts from Spotify versus anything else. This is just my own opinion. I want to state right here because I mean, Burzum's on the fucking on fucking Spotify. There's neo-Nazi bands on Spotify. Nobody fucking gives a shit or has said anything. Mm-hmm. But you know, Joe Rogan does his thing, and it's like everybody now all of a sudden wants to pull their music. It doesn't make it like you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I agree with Joe by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that there's already been objectionable, very objectionable content on the platform since oh, the absolutely. beginning. So. I think this is more like some sort of an excuse over anything. And people can hate me for saying that, but that's just my own viewpoint. Cause like, if I want to go listen to Burzum right now and like any racist band, it felt like it's going to be on Spotify. Right. So maybe, I don't know how maybe, I could be wrong on that with some of the racism ones. Cause I don't listen to any racist well, bands, but I would imagine that they're there. Well, I, I know from Burzum what I yeah. From what I understand though, I think the main poll here, the reason why people are, are so up in arms about Joe Rogan is because of the amount of people that they can pull in. Like the bands that you were mentioning or the examples of racist neo-Nazi type content on Spotify, um, nine times out of 10, they're not really pulling a lot of streams, a lot of plays. They're getting enough that they're, that they're known, but they're yeah. not like Joe Rogan levels where millions upon millions of people are listening to every single episode when they come out. So I yeah, think that's you, the main reason why it's been getting a lot of traction in recent days. Well, you might get mad at me for saying this too, but I don't think people need a babysitter at the same time. Like, I mean, if I, right. you know, do I, do I really need to tell you that what Joe Rogan is saying is not correct and you can't go research it for yourself? Like you can Google, you can look up, differing viewpoints on it it's not hard to do so like i mean if i listen mm-hmm. to a podcast personally i don't think i'm a complete moron like if i listen to like a conspiracy like if i decided to listen to alex jones today i know who alex jones is i would be taking him with the you know with a grain of salt more than a grain of salt because you know the dude talks about frogs turning gay for god's <laughs> sakes you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. like you can use most people are not dumb they can kind of differentiate between different things. And if you're just blindly following whatever Joe Rogan says, or Tom or Gaia or myself, I'm sorry, but you're dumb and you deserve to die or whatever the heck it is. Uh, You do, you do, because it's stupid. If you can't, if you can't make a judgment call about things, I mean, this got dark. 
<laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I get, um, I get that though. But like, guy, not stupid. You're not stupid. I'm not stupid. Right. Like you know, you can you can judge. Like if I want to go listen to Joe Rogan, I could. I, I've only listened to one Joe Rogan podcast in my life, I think, uh, and it wasn't bad. I mean, he's got different viewpoints. He just lets the guy talk, whatever. But I mean, it's like you know, the the guests that he had on, it was like, okay, I don't agree with half the stuff he says, but a lot of it's probably not true. He had some good points, but mm-hmm. okay, whatever. I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. But that's my own viewpoint on it. But I'll let Guy talk. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I think also a lot of Mel Ben, they just don't get into like politics in general. So I, I feel like we kind of like, we tend to stay away from all the drama. So that I think that's might be the reason why we're not seeing that much Ben just like getting on the Ben wagon and just like removing their stuff from Spotify. That would be my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting though, because there's, the funny thing is like, well, yes, me, most of metal... Tend, especially nowadays, I, f- I find at least tends to avoid politics as much as possible, whether it's on the left or the right or in regards to vaccine uh, and COVID stuff. The funny thing is, like, much like punk, metal actually does get involved quite a bit with politics. There's a lot of albums. Uh, the first one that comes to mind, I believe, uh, in terms of politics was uh, Sour Times, The Eleventh Hour it was the, that album that came out. I think it was last year, I believe. And that's a, a, a great example of metal getting involved in politics, which is why I pose the question. I'm like, this is feel like something that I feel like many metal musicians would have gotten involved with in some form, at least. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. But um, I got to ask you, Gaia. So do you do you think that um, with this news coming out uh, with all this and obviously in recent days, Spotify has, of course, uh, sided more with Joe Rogan, kept, kept them on the platform, has implemented content advisory, but has decided mm-hmm. Joe Rogan is staying on the platform. Uh, if Neil Young wants to come back at some point, he can come back. But in the meantime, bye bye. Um, with this news, excuse me, with this news, does, does this kind of thing dissuade you from working with Spotify with your own music? Not really. Um, I, I feel like when it comes to the contents that you can see on the internet, like, like Curtis said, like you, you have to kind of like be able to take or like leave when you're listening to stuff. So I'm like, I feel like removing something just because you don't agree with it. It's just for me, like it, I think it's stupid. I, so I would not pull my music out of Spotify just because like people don't agree with some, some some of so some stuff that other people are saying. Well, even with that, like if for whatever reason, I don't know, one day you woke up like, you know what? Fuck Spotify. I'm pulling my shit off the platform. Um, would you be able to financially afford that? Because I know with Spotify pays dip, I know that much, but I also know that many of the artists who have pulled their stuff are more well-known and can, and have basically been able to turn music into their full-time career. While many of us, uh, haven't really done so, would you be able to financially do that? Um, I don't think I'm putting my music on Spotify to make money just because like, again, they don't pay a right. lot, but um, the way I've always seen Spotify is just like, it's a way to be more accessible to people. And um, so like, I, I feel in a way I'm not in a point in my life where I could just like say, fuck it. And just like take whatever visibility I have on a platform and like think that it's going to be fine while actually I have like fans that like learn about me through Spotify. So I feel like it would be stupid for me like to remove that platform um, from my social media because it helps. Even you like it or don't like it. It's a great visibility for like most artists, small artists. Like it helps a lot. 
That's fair. And I definitely agree with that, especially uh, as I've learned recently with my own music. Uh, the majority of the people that I've been able to get to listen to the my music is on Spotify, as I've looked at the analytics. Uh, mm-hmm. Like most people are on Spotify. Some people are on Apple Music. Other people can be on Tidal, uh, Deezer, et cetera, et cetera. But Spotify seems to be the king in this regard, despite the fact that they don't really pay their musicians, which side note was another reason why failure ended up opting out of Spotify in recent days, uh, was one of the reasons they cited at least. But Curtis, uh, to go to you as a PR rep, I feel like I actually know we've already touched on your answer to this, but uh, I'm guessing you probably wouldn't encourage this kind of action that Neil Young has taken with your clients. I honestly don't care to be honest. Like I'm one of those type of guys that's like, if you if you feel that strongly about something and you really want to take and you and you feel like that's taking a stand, I I, I don't mind. I, I know this isn't probably what you want to hear, but I'm I'm really one of those type of people. It's kind of like Tom, if you told me that you wanted to make a post about something I totally disagreed with, I would probably be like, Yeah, that's cool, whatever, do it. I I'm not mm-hmm. gonna maybe promote it myself, but you know, go ahead. Within reason, obviously. If you're doing like something illegal, you know, <laughs> that's a little bit different. You know, you're advocating. Hey, Curtis, for, is, it, is it okay if I go rob a bank today? Uh, yeah, you fuck know it, I go mean, ahead, man. You know, you whatever. Know, <laughs> something like that. I, I would most likely go, eh, you know, I'm not really yeah. into you doing that, Tom. But, you know, if you're like, okay, I don't want to be part of Spotify because of this and you wanted to put out your own statement, I probably wouldn't be putting the press release out for you because I'd be like, personally, I think I don't care. Um, right. But at the same time, if you wanted to do it, I would, I would be like, cool, Tom's doing that. And if you wanted to put out a reverse statement saying, I think Neil Young's an idiot. I'd be like, cool, but I'm not pushing it myself, right? So I'm very pro freedom of speech for whatever side of the is, even if I don't agree with it. And you'll notice no one ever knows which side I'm on because I will never get into anything with anybody on anything. So because um, I mean, to me, I, I just I just I'm one of those people that firmly believes that, you know, most people are not dumb and they mm-hmm. can kind of make decisions themselves. And there's only a small percentage of people that can't tell the difference between things. Right. It's like, I don't feel the need to babysit people. Like, you know, when Joe Rogan has a dumb guest and you know, when he has a good guest, right. You know, you can tell, like if the dude is like, it could be pretty obvious. Like, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if he's saying like, you know, down some goldfish shit or whatever the heck, the heck it was that that one woman did, you know, and you can't tell that that's a bad thing to do when the package says it's poisonous and for fish, you're dumb. Like they like, come on. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to tell the difference with that, right? So, and if you can't, I'm sorry, but it's a problem with you. It's not a problem with anybody else. And I, I just think you should be able to tell the difference. It goes back to the Alex Jones. Like I said, if mm-hmm. you want to listen to Alex Jones, you should know it's Alex Jones you're listening to. You should be able to go like, okay, this is all the dumb shit he said in the past. Maybe he says a few things that make sense, but that doesn't make everything he said be right. You know what I mean? Like, no one's 100% right all the time about everything. And no one's always 100% an idiot about things, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't think you can blindly go, everything this person says is bad or everything this person says is good. Therefore, we need to ban them. That's my own opinion. Unless it's like, again, illegal racist type stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, but like, even with that in mind, do you think yeah. that what Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and et cetera, et cetera, do you think that what they chose to do in a form of protest, do you think that was like the right action for them? Or well, do you think that if they wanted to make this kind of statement, do you think there was a better way to go about it than pulling all their music from listeners who use the platform? I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't, I, it's hard to say because I mean, like they all got a lot, they all got a lot of press. Neil Young's pro- streams probably went up by 10 times. Same with Joni. Like I forgot Joni Mitchell even existed to be honest. I mean, Neil <laughs> Young is a pioneer. 
Well, I don't. I only. I can only think of one Joni Joni Mitchell song off the top of my head. Like literally, that's it. I mean, the the one about the parking lot. I can't think of any other fucking song. Literally, I probably. If there are any listeners I, to uh, who, to this podcast who are Joni Mitchell fans. Just so you know, all of Curtis Stewart's uh, socials are in the description of this podcast for you to check out after the podcast well, I, is done. I just, I just, I just, I don't, I don't personally know of any Joni Mitchell song. I know of tons of Neil Young, but uh, you know, this is probably great PR for him because he had like, I mean, when was the last time Neil Young was relevant? The '90s when grunge was going on. When he did the album with Pearl Jam, I, I can't think of it. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. you were, you were what? Two when that happened, Tom? Gaia was like 10. So I was like. I'm pretty sure 20? I wasn't even the fetus, but. Yeah, you probably uh, weren't even the fetus. So yeah. When like, did, <laughs> when did this happen? Like, <laughs> like he put was, out an album with Pearl Jam in like 1992 or 1993. And I think that was like the last I time. I wasn't even the thought. Oh, was it 92? Regardless. Oh, I was oh, you were two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I so wasn't I, even a thought at that point. And I was 15. <laughs> And I was like 15 or 16 at the time. So it's like, I honestly, like he, this was probably a win for him because he probably got people streaming his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are talking about him. I'll bet you classic rock radio is now fucking playing more. I bet. I don't know. Uh, Joni Mitchell. I know that the one song's always played again. I don't know any of the rest of her songs. Uh, Crosby mm-hmm. stills and Nash again. I mean, these are all 87 year old dudes. Like, Really, how many other yeah. fan bases really streaming them? I, I mean, well, that's th- to get on that point, Curtis, because this is something that I found very. It's there's no confirmation of whether or not this was related to Neil Young, but Spotify did see a massive drop in their uh, market value, at least yeah, like yeah. two billion dollars worth of market value. It yeah, plunged faster than a fat kid in a swimming pool. Like it came right fucking down. Yeah, uh, but- so I don't know if it's related or not, though. The, no Nobody- one confirmed it. No yeah, I, I don't, and I know nothing about the stock market or anything like that. So I, right. I, 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 I don't know how that works. All I know is it goes up, it goes down. I don't know anything other than that. I, but the, well, go yeah. ahead, guys. Um, because I followed the market and it's been going down for like a month or two. So like it's kind of like it's normal because I, I do follow the market. There you go. Okay, so so this wasn't Marty like okay. Well, there you go. So 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 guy, in that regard, like this wasn't just like a an event, an immediate like fall off the deep end this was already happening yeah but also like keep in mind the market goes up and down pretty often and um sometimes things like i'm, I'm thinking about uh, there was a thing with tesla a few years ago uh where um what's his name like elon musk like he he's pretended to smoke something on the joe rogan podcast and like his stocks went down for like uh like two or three days and then eventually he got back to like how it was before. So like the market's always up and down. People are just like, they panic sell and like people buy. It's, it's what happens. <laughs> so it's a clear difference between uh, coincidence and uh, relation, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That, that, that's a good point to make though, because I know many people were like reporting when, when they were reporting on this story, they were pulling up the $2 billion market value drop at the, around the same time as Neil Young pulled his, all of his music from Spotify. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I guess, yeah. Causation and correlation are not the fu- same fucking thing. And I, but also keep in mind, Tom, that the, the media wants us to continue so they can get the clicks. So of course they're going to be pointing right. out that that happened and then they can get statements from Neil Young and they can get statements from everybody. I mean, even you, we're doing the podcast. True. Yes. It's, I mean, it's, been this, is a click, this is clickbait. This is clickbait. It is clickbait. You got to admit it's clickbait. This is a right. clickbait podcast right now. Oh, Oh, I can't wait to get all the Joe Rogan fans complaining about their dads not loving them. It's great. I can't wait. But I'm just saying. (laughs) 
um, back here. See, I went to check how Spotify is doing on, on the market. And like, it's, it looks like the same as like any other stocks that I have. It's like up and down. Yeah. They, 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 they went up after like not long after the, uh, they put out their statements and about the content advisory and stuff like that, yeah. uh, which will, which I'll get into a bit more in a second, but, uh, going back to Curtis for a second. Um, do you think that with what Neil Young and everybody else is doing, do you think that this could potentially be a, just a PR stunt? Or do you think it's like, just really, you think so? Well, why do you think Well, that? it's possible because didn't he delete the original request to take it down or am I mistaken in that? He I did he re- remove the original open letter. Uh, it's no longer found. The, only, the main reason why I was able to get that quote from earlier of like, uh, it's either Young or Rogan, not Ed or not yeah. both, was because it got blasted everywhere else afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, it very well could be a PR stunt, but at the same time, I mean- I, I don't know how much Neil Young is losing from from uh, leaving Spotify. I, I would assume it's a fair amount because he is fairly well known, even though he's well past his prime. But he is a classic rock guy. Everybody knows mm-hmm. at least probably a dozen of his songs, if not more, especially if you're Canadian, since he's a Canadian artist. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's a weird thing for a guy who's like 70 or 80 years old to be like Joe Rogan or me when Joe Rogan's the number one podcaster in the world. And got yeah, that paid seems like a hundred million dollars, and you're past your prime, and your last platinum album was that probably seems like in a cause. 1996. Yeah, that seems like a cause like, hell bent to fail at that point, yeah, especially like, seeing a Spotify paid for Joe Rogan to come on the platform. Yeah, it, it, it would be like Gaia going like, I don't know, me or Floor Johnson or whatever the hell her name is. Spotify, <laughs> you take your pick, and you know they they would be like, we love you, Gaia, but Floor Floor makes us like. I don't know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars per year. Like, or you're like you, Tom, with, I don't know who, who's like someone in your genre. We'll say DSI, even though you're not really at that much, you're sort of death metal, but you're not, you know, I mean, probably not. Right. DSI is probably a bad example because they're past their pro- Black Dahlia murder. Me or Black Dahlia murder Spotify. Who are you going to pick? Uh, yeah. That's the losing you know? battle right there. <laughs> it is. So it's like, it'd be, it'd be even worse if I was to, any of us. Oh, it'd be even worse if I was like to go out of genre too. It's like, guess what? Yeah. Spotify is either me or Bieber. You cannot yeah. have both. <laughs> yeah. Or you and some podcaster, like, I don't know, you or um, Logan Paul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Another instance where Spotify looks at me like I just threw algebra at them. It's like, huh? Exactly. Why? Yeah, exactly. What? Me, me or Did Logan you do the Paul? Math? Like, who are you going to pick? Me or Logan Paul? Logan Paul's, I think, got like the number two or three podcast in the world or something like that. I have no idea. Much he like. Yeah, like much like Joe Rogan, I haven't paid much attention to what's going on in the podcast. I will fully admit that. I'll be transparent about that. You can judge me based on that all you want, fellow listener. But um, when it comes to, yeah, these podcasts, like I, if I have no interest in them, like I'm an interest based learner. It's part of the ADHD bullshit, but it all comes together. Like if I'm not interested in Joe Rogan, I'm not interested in Joe Rogan. Same thing with Logan Paul. You just made my point for me. Thank Boom. you. I've got, Show's I'm, done. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we got a bit more time here. But <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. That was part one of two for my interview with Curtis Dewar and Gaia Gawarda. Part two is coming up later in the show. But first, we'll do a quick recap of this week's news. And up next, we'll be taking a look at this week's releases. So stick around. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night! For fuck's sakes! Ah! 
While we can't solve a bad phone battery, you can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit safe for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. It's just something that I wanted to do for a long time, and then I bamboozled the government out of a ton of money and said, buy me this harp. MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back. This is Tom McKay of the Metal Robot Podcast. Let's take a look at what came out this week in the metal community. Surprisingly, there were little to no releases this week. I mean, last week was pretty sparse as well, but not this sparse. There were a few big releases I was able to grab on release day, but no promos. In terms of albums and releases, there was little to no promotional material on Bandcamp Friday. There was one album in my promo list. Just one. I did get a second one, but only after putting out the call on Twitter. And I don't know why the PR firms I'm with have nothing to offer this week, but I do have a theory, okay? This is a tinfoil hat moment here, people. I have a theory. It's possible, hypothetical but possible, that they realized putting out their clients' albums the same day as Korn would be the way their albums die. Think about it. When you release an album, you're competing with everybody else who released an album the same day. And if you're a smaller band, possibly releasing your debut album, so excited for it, would you really want to compete with kilt-wearing juggernauts? I hope not. <laughs> you might as well put the noose around your album's neck right there. It's just gonna die later anyways. <laughs> I can't watch. Just put it out of its fucking misery. My God. Joking aside, though, um... If you do have any albums that you want me to talk about on future episodes of the podcast, send me an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com, or reach out on socials, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. Now, without further ado, you saw the first one coming, just play it. If you didn't jump out of your chair screaming, are you ready, during the intro to this album, you have no fucking soul. That intro took me back to the early days of my metal youth, a time when I was about halfway through high school and my main concern in life was that I was going to jerk myself off into oblivion. You know, as you do. But Korn's Requiem marks a sort of shift in the band's direction, though thankfully this time it wasn't whatever the fuck was happening in the path of totality. I got to that album late, and I was still worried for a bit that Jonathan Davis swallowed a Casio keyboard at the behest of fucking Skrillex. But this change happens to be a positive direction. I don't mean better either, I mean the direction these guys have chosen to go in is a more hopeful and happier theme. And uh, if you manage to forget what happy means because we're living in 2022, I don't blame you. In fact, I think the band actually forgot what it meant too, because at 33 minutes long, this happy-go-lucky album is shorter than any of the misery and pain albums that came before. For real, these guys must have been grasping at straws writing this. I can just picture it, about 30 minutes of happy music already written and JD must have been off his fucking rocker, screaming at his computer like, I don't know what I'm doing! I can't write happy anymore! And I'm tired of writing synonyms for merriment! 
I'm okay with that though, because when it comes to previous Korn releases, you could argue that Korn can stretch their albums longer than they need to be. So to have an album in this style that is short and digestible, I think that can be considered a win here. Like don't give too much, give them enough that when it's over, they'll crave for more. Even despite the run length though, this album still hits harder than the pavement after slipping on a beer puddle. Instrumentally speaking, the entire sound is intense and assaulting. The style also interestingly creates a neat contrast with the hopeful lyrical themes, giving us a familiar sound that Korn fans are used to while shoving the new direction into their awestruck gaping mouths. It sounds clean, it's punchy, powerful, and all around angry. But happy angry. It's, it's a happy angry sound. I guess the only downside is the same it's always been with Korn. It's a style that's not easy to get into. Davis's vocals is an acquired taste for most, but I don't think that detracts from the quality of this album. If you like his voice, this will make you wet yourself brown, but if you don't, I'd still recommend checking this out. With a 13.5 out of 15, these guys really stepped up to the plate once again in this new direction. Pick it up if you fancy, or even try it out if you've never heard Korn's work. It's pretty good. So I sent out a Twitter post asking for albums to review, and then this dinosaur-looking avatar was like, <gasps> sent me an email with a promo copy, and I was like, did I walk into a six-year-old's Jurassic Park-themed bedroom? What is this? There were so many dinosaur-themed pictures everywhere. Actually, that got me intrigued, though. The dinosaur promo pics and album cover was different. It was interesting, and I was hyped. I actually scared the guy for a moment, too, because I, in my reply email, I told him I was hyped, but all he saw in the preview was, quote, So far, I have to say, the dinosaur fetish all over this email, dot dot dot, and left him in fucking suspense! <laughs> Poor guy must have been like, well, that's not good. But okay, Titanosaur's new album, Absence of Universe. I have to say, listening through was quite a treat. It has a doomy, sludgy type of sound that, let's be real, was what I was expecting from the dinosaur fetish. But what threw me for a loop, in a good way, was the obvious old-school punk influence. The band's Twitter profile does say the Ramones is one of their influences alongside Motorhead and Black Sabbath. While I didn't catch on to the Motorhead influence right away, the fusion of doom metal and punk rock was a nice surprise to get. I thought this was just going to be sludgy doom metal based on the images. And while I haven't seen bands go for the dinosaur angle before, the comic style of the promos was a dead giveaway of what I was in for. But it was still a good listen through and through. The album runs for 43 minutes, but it never felt like I was staring at the clock waiting for the sweet release of Death by Meteor Strike. That being said, it does have a tendency to blend together too easily. I mean, given the style we're dealing with here, I was almost expecting that, but still found it weird how many times I forgot where I was, in the exact same way I forgot why I've wandered away from my desk to the kitchen when I have food right here. It's right in front of me, actually. Uh, oh shit, it's actually cold now. Oh, uh, 12 out of 15. I enjoyed it, thought it was good. Not much to say here. I'm hungry. Erebus is the latest album from Welsh death metalers Venom Brisen, and my thoughts on the album, much like their previous albums, are 
I liked it. The beautiful thing about Venom Prison is that they understand what made the most brutally disgusting form of death metal from back in the 90s work so well and took notes to apply it to their own modern version of that sound with body tearing, blood curdling, snuggy ripping death metal. That last one really shows how intense they are. I have no idea why you listen to me. But I guess the real question is, what has changed since Primeval, the last album? Well, um, uh, um, 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 can I open my textbook for this quiz? <laughs> can, I, can I do open book for this? Like, nothing really has changed with the band, if I'm being completely honest. I guess there's a few more clean vocals than previously, but then again, they're as frequent as my YouTube upload schedule, so counting that as a difference wouldn't be much to go off of. Venom Prison is definitely a band that has a specific trick they use throughout their albums that is almost interchangeable, but is totally fine. I think the reason for that is because the music is already so in-your-face, intense, and enjoyable altogether that it doesn't have to change. After all, why change what already works? If your current sewing technique for getting patches on your jacket works, why would you bother trying to improve? That's how trips to the emergency room happen, champ. Another thing I enjoy about this album is that it doesn't feel like a super long album. It's 49 minutes long, which is pretty long, but I was able to breeze through it without even noticing how long it was, which is always greatly appreciated with this style. Seriously, I don't have any complaints with this band. The kind of aggressive and blech style isn't going to attract everybody, but fuck them. Tell them to go back to fucking Nickelback. Who cares? The rest of us will enjoy the blood and guts and we'll be drinking it like it's water. And while I would hope to see what else they can do in the future, messing with perfection is also a very bad idea, so don't worry about it. 14 out of 15, go get it and rip some shit. Timo's The Art of a Maniac presents another reason thrash metal can die. Okay, okay, okay. Over-exaggeration, over-exaggeration, but I got your attention though, didn't I? <laughs> I can already hear you screaming at your phone, Oh boy, Tom's on some more of that anti-good music propaganda again! Grab the umbrella, it's about to rain some blood! And it's definitely going to be his. Okay, okay, can I rant for a couple seconds here? I promise it relates back to the album here, so bear with me. I feel like... Every time I criticize a thrash metal band, or a death metal band, or a metalcore band, or any band for this issue, the consensus becomes that I just hate good music and my taste can burn in the Slayer Pit bonfire. But here's the thing, and I hope I never have to address this again, I'm guaranteed to address this again, but if I say do something more original, the statement does not equate blunt men think thrash bad. Like, how the fuck did you get there? If you're gonna do some mathematic wizardry, at least do me the courtesy of showing your fucking work. Look, if I had a problem with all of thrash metal, every time someone yelled fucking Slayer, I would have to perform 69 groin splits as penance for my sins. My issue is never with the genre itself. To be fair, it's not my usual go-to, but shit, even I can't deny the greatness of Slayer's Rain and Blood, Anthrax's Fistful of Metal, Creator's Gods of Violence, Metallica's Ride the Lightning, Megadeth's Rust in Peace, even recently Overkill's Possession. Do I need to keep going or has my point been made? So I hope I have cleared this up, okay? My issue is not with the genre itself. That being said, my issue tends to be with the nameless twat goblins who can't seem to write anything that hasn't been done thousands of times since 1986. This is more of a systemic problem with all metal genres, thrash metal, death metal, 
everyone. Though talking about those two genres, death metal still has fucking god-tier awesome bands coming out of the woodwork like Venom Prison, as we discussed earlier, while new thrash metal bands jump out and smash their face on the mountain pile of empty blue ribbon cans and broken dreams. And all of this relates back to the album in question, The Art of a Maniac by Timo. It's not bad though. Like. There's nothing on this album that's obscenely offensive to the human ear. It's produced fine. The performances are up to par with the style in question, so any thrash metal fan worth their salt can easily listen to this and think that I'm on Quaaludes, but the quality was never my problem here. My problem is that I've heard this album a thousand times done basically the exact same way spanning across entire decades by thousands of other copycat bands that have come out since the 1980s. Like come on, I cannot be the only one who agrees thrash fans deserve better than carbon copies of the real deal. Level with me here thrash fans, if you want to listen to Rain and Blood, what do you put on? A generic paint by numbers thrash band of the 21st century or fucking Slayer? If you pick option A, well, now you're just trying to spite me, and I respect that. As for Timo though, 9 out of 15, get fucked. And that's it for reviews. Like I said earlier, send your emails to tmckay at themetalrobot.com or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or on the main YouTube show. News of the week coming right up on the Metal Robot Podcast. This week's Metal News Recap is brought to you by My Sanity. Everything is so depressing! Why?! To stay up to date with the latest in the metal scene, check out TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com, this is MRP News. Alright, there wasn't a whole lot of massive earth-shattering news this week, but there was a lot of fun stuff that we can talk about, including some new music on the horizon. So first, let's start with what you're probably wanting me to talk about. Hello, rock and roll fans. I'm inside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame gallery. Yep, it's that season again. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is back in the news as it has announced the 2022 inductees, which also means it's time for rock and metal fans to come out of the woodwork and get bitchy on Twitter. But this time, they'll have less to bitch about since we actually do have some great metal acts on the list. While nobody is shocked to see acts like Duran Duran, Dolly Parton, and Eminem, we also have Judas Priest and Rage Against the Machine. Are they going to get inducted? No. Um, <laughs> well, okay, Rage is doubtful, but I do think Judas Priest has at least a chance at this point, as they are one of the most influential bands in metal's history. At least that's the impression I'm getting based on the 60 million copycats I get in my email every week, so. But of course, people are still not happy. Some of the more vocal metalheads once again complaining that Iron Maiden was snubbed from the list. It's crazy. Not the fact that they've been snubbed, but the fact that there's so many metalheads out there that were tossed on a flight of stairs as a child. Because if you're a metalhead with a brain that isn't drowned in beer and piss, you'd know that Bruce Dickinson has the same thoughts of the Hall of Fame that the 80s generation has of metalcore, going as far as to say to the Jerusalem Post, quote, if we're ever inducted, I will refuse, and rock and roll doesn't belong in a mausoleum in Cleveland. So this is just another example of metalheads getting their battle jackets in a twist just because they can. A part of me hopes that this small minority is just joking and being trolls, but I also know that metalheads are the equivalent of an entitled drunk toddler, so 
I wouldn't put the legitimacy of their anger past the little fucks. Anyways, votes are still open at the time of this recording, so you can cast your votes on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame website. There are no wrong answers here, as long as it's for the priest. In crowdfunding news, let's take a look at Gothy Goth McGothison, Maledictus, a, you guessed it, bluegrass project by John Marshogovsky that is gearing up to release a new single, Delicta, featuring Mariangela Demirtas of Tristania on the 4th of March. That is a lot of names whose pronunciation I'm not confident with. I'm sorry. And with the single comes the news that they have set up a Kickstarter campaign to hopefully recuperate the cost of the song much easier. It's still better than the alternative of throwing the song out into the wild and hoping for the best. If you want to see how well that works, Australian parents toss your newborn child in the middle of a herd of dingoes and observe the outcome. Of course, much like most good Kickstarter campaigns, donators also get perks, which according to the press release sent out by C-Squared Marketing, states that they can include digital downloads, shirts, and CDs, which I'm going to assume means Delicta CDs and not the CD of your high school graduation they found in your attic titled Greg's Big Day. That would be embarrassing. And so far, the promotion has been going fairly well. Their goal is set at over 2,000 Canadian dollars, and they're at around 860 at the time of recording. Hopefully the campaign goes well. If you wish to pledge to help a musician rescue his baby from a herd of dingoes, check the description of this podcast for the link to the Kickstarter page. Ben Paul from Pantera, Skin Basher, Trash! <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one who heard recently that Vinnie Paul's home in Arlington, Texas is currently on the market for a new owner. The late Pantera drummer's property is listed at $750,000 right now, which is actually pretty cheap considering the still of the front door looks like it was ripped from a Beverly Hills travel guide called Homes to Make You Hate Your Current Standard of Living. One of these interested parties is Avenged Sevenfold frontman M. Shadows, though not as someone who wants to live there. He proposed an interesting idea to have the Pantera community buy it so they can, quote, govern it and decide what's best for the legacy of this important piece of heavy metal history. Well, that sounds great. How would this happen? Decentralized Autonomous Organization Wait, that sounds like an NFT term I hear you saying, and it is. To quote the singer here, fans of Vinnie Paul's legacy would be able to purchase a token that represents a portion of this home. The token sale would raise the money to purchase the house. After that, token holders would have governance and a vote over how and what actions will be taken by the committee. Uh, side note, do you have that friend who's really into NFT and cryptocurrency? And you know they're into NFT and cryptocurrency because they'll never not tell you about NFT and cryptocurrency. They're the kind of friend that you just politely listen to talk about Bitcoin or Ethereum, and then after three hours of that, you feel the sudden urge to yeet them off a 12th floor balcony. Yeah, after reading that thread, I felt a hint of that urge rise. But okay, basically, the idea is for the community of Pantera fans to own the home and, with ownership of a digital currency, have a vote on what to do with the property. Shadows already named a couple of ideas like an Airbnb or a Pantera museum, but it would be up to this organization to have a vote on what happens with it. And while crypto talk and NFT currency shit is off-putting. Once you strip that away, this is actually an interesting idea that's so bizarre it can only work in 2022. But what do you think about this? Shoot me a tweet, join the discussion. 
Then in new music news, Hailstorm is currently trending at the moment thanks to the new single, The Steeple, and the announcement of their new album, Back From The Dead. Named after the previous single from the band that was so intense and badass, the beard on my metal cock hasn't shed yet. I wish it would, though. I can't shave it either. The beard is somehow made of aluminum steel, so razors won't cut it. And it itches. According to frontwoman Lizzie Hale, the album had begun the writing phase before the pandemic, but also noted that the pandemic was a dismal and dark period for the singer. But then going on to say, quote, This album is the story of me carving myself out of that abyss. It is a journey of navigating mental health, debauchery, survival, redemption, rediscovery, and still maintaining faith in humanity. Lizzie, if you have the power to do that in this decade, you need to sell that optimism as a fucking NFT. Think about it, you could be a billionaire! This announcement also came with the reveal of the names and order of all 11 tracks and the album art featuring a version of Lizzie Hale that wants to kill you and feed the remains to her pups. The first, technically second, single of the album, The Steeple, is out now on YouTube and all streaming platforms, so go give it a listen. The album Back From The Dead is due out May 6th via Atlantic Records, and there is also pre-orders available through the link in the description. And finally, I'm sure many edgy 2000s goth kids are happy to hear this, or just goth kids in general, please don't hurt me. The video for Evanescence's Bring Me To Life just surpassed 1 billion views on YouTube. But uh, what they don't realize is that about 37% of those views is just Gaia Gawarda playing that song on a loop for 2-3 to three weeks non-stop, so... Uh, who knows if it counts, but a billion views for an arguably metal music video is very impressive, especially in the time frame. While the single was first released on the 7th of April back in 2003, the video wasn't uploaded to YouTube until December of 2009, so it took the video almost 13 years with the help of a 19-year legacy to surpass this milestone. The news left the band speechless, saying on Twitter, quote, Thank you all for the love, all the memories. I'm speechless. And saying that they'll also be uploading an HD restored version of the video soon. Uh, hi, guys. Um, yeah, uh, as someone who's seen what happened when they HD restored the video for Bohemian Rhapsody, um, please don't. Yeah, unless you can do so while not making the video look worse, I'd recommend leaving it as it is. Thank you. But anyways, the video is still gaining more views at a rapid pace. Since the announcement on Tuesday, the video gained at least another million views, and is not expected to stop climbing past that. But for real, congrats to the band. It's a well-deserved milestone for an iconic goth metal anthem. Alright, this has been your weekly news recap. Send your reactions to my Twitter at TheMetalRobot. Check out TheMetalRobot.com for more news and press that can be found throughout the week. Stick around, we'll be right back with Gaia Gawarda and Curtis Dewar in just a moment. This is The Metal Robot Podcast. From the idiot who tells dick jokes on the internet comes a musical experience that isn't that. Tom McKay tries hard to be cool with his upcoming EP, Call to the Demon Sultan, featuring songs like The Benighted One, Faith in the Faceless, and Circus Attractions Gone Sexual. Okay, maybe not that one. Call to the Demon Sultan. Get your copy on February 18th. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Tom McKay back on the Metal Robot Podcast. We're back with Curtis Dewar and Gaia Gawarda talking about Spotify. Where did we leave off again? 
Oh yeah, right, so we left off talking about why we think metal musicians have so far stayed out of the conversation, how the situation affects a musician's perspective of Spotify, and the probability of this being a PR stunt from a PR's perspective. But there's still more to discuss, so let's start off part two with that Spotify presser. Spotify put out a statement talking about uh, how they're that about what they're going to do in regards to this. Obviously, they're not taking Joe Rogan off the platform. Anybody who's hoping that that will happen, uh, well, it's not. It's going to need a, at least a little bit more than just Neil Young. But with, uh, well, I'll get to you in a second, Curtis. I'll get to you in a second. I have a question, but <laughs> oh. go ahead. Okay, I'll get to you in a second. Just cool your jets. But um, when it comes to, but with what Spotify has done, they've essentially said that they're going to put up a content advisory when it comes to uh, COVID rules, similar to what uh, YouTube has done. I think TikTok is doing, has done the same thing as well. Uh, but where they'll have their own like COVID guide, as along with like uh, facts and information put together by uh, the leading experts in the field, many uh, consensus uh, in regards to those facts. Uh, but many people think that maybe that wasn't enough or, you know, they should have gone farther with that. So when it comes to this panel, so this is for both of you, do you think what Spotify has done was not enough or was there really nothing else that they can do? I want to ask both of you guys a question in return. Uh, Guy, are you vaccinated? Yep. Tom, are you vaccinated? Double vaxxed. I've still got to book my booster, though. Okay, ask me. Guy, guy is freaking like showing off. Like I got three bitches. I work in healthcare. <laughs> exactly. Ask, ask, ask me now, Tom. Ask me now, Tom. Curtis. Are you vaccinated? I am. So now let me ask you this question: Why? Why the heck would that even be a problem and needing to be done if ninety percent of the population is vaccinated? I, I don't think I'm equipped to deal with that kind of thing. I'm because just I'm not, asking because it doesn't well, make any I get sense. That, like, if he's doing COVID, like, if he's really doing misinformation right. about vaccines and if what he's saying is really wrong and 90% of the population, at least in Canada, to my understanding, is vaccinated, like the guys that aren't, are holding out, they're going to hold out. There's nothing that's really going to change their fucking mind by this point. Right. It's now what? February, the vaccine has been available since what? March of last year. Uh, there's been the COVID passport in Ontario, at least in September. Um, if you're not going to get it, you're not going to fucking get it. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know what more can really be done to persuade people to get it other than what's already happened. So it's like, right. It doesn't make any sense to me to have the warning label because it's people that are vaccinated listening or people who have refused and had the opportunity for the last year and convinced, like, if you talk to anybody who doesn't want to be vaccinated, they're in, they're like, I'm not getting vaccinated. It's like, fuck, you can yeah. tell them, you can show them everything you got. And they're still like, I ain't fucking getting vaccinated. You can tell them you're dying. I ain't getting vaccinated. And it's like, okay, you're not getting vaccinated. Like, what else can you possibly fucking do? Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? So the, so if 90% of the population is already vaccinated and 10% doesn't want to be, like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't see the need for right. a fucking parental advisory sticker because you don't need it. You've been vaccinated. Guy doesn't need it. She's been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. Anybody else I know that isn't vaccinated, they're not planning on getting vaccinated. So it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. But let me uh, hear Gaia, Gaia's opinion. <laughs> yeah, Gaia, what are your thoughts on uh, on that kind of thing? Uh, I feel like it's like, I don't think they could have done anything better in that because, again, I feel like we have the freedom to speak. And I don't think just like removing that option for people like to to listen would like change anything. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I'm okay with having like the the little like disclaimer thing that they put. We haven't. We have them on Instagram. We have them on Facebook. We have them pretty right. much everywhere. It's a, it's to the point where I see it. I don't even read it. I'm just like, oh whatever. Yep. <laughs> We're so used Same. to seeing it. So I'm like, okay, you put it on Spotify. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, what are your um, feelings, so, Tom? Like, I feel like. <laughs> The thing about like the thing, my opinion about this is pretty simple because I've been on YouTube for so long. I've seen the power of the influencer, right? Um, I've seen like how very easily, like this is one of the main reasons why I think the whole thing was such a big deal when Joe Rogan was uh, saying these bullshit comments was because as well, a saying that I usually bring up in this regard is if say for whatever fucking reason, Billie Eilish said that cats can fly today. Tomorrow, people will be throwing their cats off the rooftops. Like that's, it's an, exa- it's an exaggeration, of course, but it is worth noting and worth considering because of that. Yeah, obviously it could be a small amount of people, but it's still going to happen and cause an, a significant amount of uproar and make it this big thing, which is why influencers have a lot of pull. Um, influ- and so what people will talk about Joe Rogan and they're like, people listen to him. I, we joke around about Joe Rogan all the, and, uh, all the time in the media and everything uh, equivalent, but Joe Rogan has a lot of market pull. He has a lot of uh, Spotify plays. He has a lot of pull from his audience. People listen to him and many people, whether I, whether I would like them to do so or not, will only listen to him and not the experts who have more informed opinions. So in regards to like the content advisory, Spotify is caught between a rock and a hard place. They can't do anything else, in my opinion. I think that what they did was, I, I, even though I wish they could do more, I don't know if they actually could, realistically. I don't think they need to like, again, Mm -hmm. um, I keep going back down to the statistic that at least in Canada, it's like 89 or 90% are vaccinated. So again, like if, even if people are that influenced by Joe Rogan, he's got an audience. that's going to be enough vaccinated that it's not going to even make a difference. Like who fucking cares? Like really, it doesn't make a difference. Like if he really had that much influence and, and sway, um, we wouldn't be where we are right now. I think, I think the real problem is that, I think people give too much credit to others to be able to influence opinion. Like what you said is correct. I think that people can influence others, but I don't, again, I think most people are able to tell the difference on things and that they can make their own judgment calls. And if they can't, that's a problem with the person themselves not being able to think versus the other person. You know what I mean? Like Gaia, for example, like let's say she wrote a whole song about a whole album about suicide and slitting your wrists. I mean, yeah, someone might do that, but at the same time, it's not cheap. She's not doing it. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like typo negative is a yeah, great yeah. example. They had all sorts of messages about self-harm and stuff on their albums. But would you really say that typo negative should be censored because of that? I wouldn't. That's, that is a fair point for sure. Um, or like another good example would be like gangster rap with the murders and stuff, lyrics, right. body count. Like we're coming right back to the whole PMRC thing again. Right. So that's the way I look at it at least, but people might not like me saying this, but that's just my own viewpoint on it. I, I think like the main issue is like, I, I think more people think other people are stupid than people are actually stupid. If that makes sense. True. Actually, that does yeah. make a lot of sense. And given yeah. given being me being someone who 
that has like the worst views of humanity as a whole. Uh, I can't be the only one, right? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I I, I definitely get your point, though. That that makes a lot more sense, to be honest. And even me being the pessimistic asshole that I am, even I have to admit, like, yeah, no, it's it's you. The number is probably a lot less. Nobody can like, there's three of us right here. Um, all of us are, all three of us are fairly smart individuals. Guy is probably the smartest out of the three of us because she knows the stock market, <laughs> number one. Uh, but, and she's multilingual. Forgot about yeah. that. I, um, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> cool. Uh, but what I was, what I was going to say is like, none of us need a babysitter to tell us that, you know, Joe Rogan, what he's saying isn't correct. And same thing with Alex Jones, same thing with Logan Paul. You can like look at Joe, what were Joe Rogan saying? If he has a good guest on, you can kind of tell like, you know, if Elon Musk is smoking the doobie on, I think it was, was it Elon Musk you said? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like well, if you smoke it. To smoke. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm oh, not going to. Yeah, the cigar, gonna, the cigar. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go smoke. I'm not going to go smoke anything after watching Elon Musk on Joe Rogan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into weed. I mean, you guys might be, I'm not into it, but I'm, I'm not going to go smoke weed because Elon Musk went and did it on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, go and start reading, I don't know, Jordan Peterson just because he was on Joe Rogan, for example. So I don't know what to say on that, dude. I, I, I really right. think, that, I think it's more just a problem with the people that are concerned, being concerned other people are stupid when that's really not the case in most instances. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they don't give people enough credits. Yeah. Think for themselves. Yeah. It's like they all think that, of course, those children that have access to those podcasts and like it makes sense. Yeah, children are easily impressionable, but I, at the same time, I doubt any of them are listening to the Joe Rogan experience. I'm not necessarily thinking about like Joe Rogan, but we've seen an influencer like not having good influence on kids, but like that's also like responsibility from the parents to make sure that that what they were listening is stuff that they should be listening. Right. I just, I just feel like we don't give enough credit to people. To like grown adults who can clearly think for themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, we also got to keep in mind though, like even though like arguably the vast majority of people are not that fucking dumb, yep. the, the fact that there are grown adults who are that dumb, I think still has major concern and for that kind of thing. And it's, uh, that's what most people have been concerned about. I don't, again, I am giving everybody the benefit of the fucking doubt in that regard, but yeah, it's definitely, um, there's definitely like, there's a market for that kind of thing and people are still buying into it, which is where the majority of the concern while overblown is coming from. I have a question. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Gaia this question first. I'm going to ask you, Tom, you probably know where I'm going to go, where I'm going with this in a second. I feel here. like I might, but we'll see it where you, it's going. You, you probably do. So uh, Gaia is a big uh, Evanescence fan. So mm-hmm. what, are, what are the primary lyrics that, the primary themes that Evanescence deals with, Gaia? Oh, Jesus. Primary. <laughs> Sadness. Yeah. Loneliness. Um, they have a song about someone that drinks too much. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. So now Tom, uh, you were a big fan of iced earth before the John, uh, which is not the fuck off. No, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> well, wasn't it an iced earth? I thought you told me you were in iced earth. Were you? No, I was in the demons and wizards. Sorry. Demons and wizards. Sorry. Yeah. I am sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Demons and wizards, demons and wizards. So what are their primary lyrical themes? 
Uh, it's hard to really pin down exactly. They, they talk about Primary. a lot of stuff, but the one that usually tends to come up in quite a few songs is uh, stories involving Lucifer. Uh, like there's cool. heaven, like heaven denies, of course, is a big one. There's um, Diabolic uh, uh, from the last album. That's uh, yeah. it's also heavily in regards to Satan, but while cool. also not being Satanist, it's interesting cool. metal. Cool. So uh, now, Guy, uh, are you are you uh, are you a heavy drinker and a sad, lonely person? Not really. Cool. Uh, uh, Tom, are you into Satan worshiping and uh, being a, a, a Lucifer disciple? Yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> fair. Okay, fair. 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 No, 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 no. Um, I don't subscribe to that. Fa- like, people do, and that's totally fine. I know there's no, no, definitely you, a lot I'm, of... I'm just asking you. I'm asking you. You, 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 you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, me personally, no. Me personally, okay. no. So, okay, so now Gaia's probably listened to the to probably the open door probably, what, a few thousand times? Oh, Jesus, way more than that. <laughs> cool. And Tom, how many Same. times... Same! How, how many... How many times, Tom, have you listened to Demons and Wizards? It's a lot. It's been a lot less since the uh, since the January 6th uh, insurrection. But yeah. at the same time, you know, it's hard to stay away from Hansi Gersh. It's really hard. So I will every once in a while, if I'm really feeling up for it, I'll put on uh, put on that oh, that first album of theirs. Uh, I'll put on the new one. Uh, so I know it's going yeah, I might pirate it if I really feel like it, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you've listened to it about a hundred times or more. Maybe not that much because I, I get okay. too much music to be able to do that. But uh, okay. I, yeah, I, I listen to it quite a bit whenever I get okay. the chance. So you've listened to these songs about Lucifer many times, and you're not a Lucifer disciple or a Satan worshiper. And Gaia has listened to the Open Door a couple thousand times, she said, and mm. uh, has not turned into an alcoholic and uh, lonely. <laughs> So um, I think we just proved our point that you don't really need the uh, warning labels there because the influence is very. Right. Okay. Uh, that's so my own opinion. But, and also. That's okay. I, yeah. one, more, one more question for you, Tom. I know I'm still in the podcast. And I apologize that's okay. for that. One that's more okay. podcast. One more question. One so, more uh, podcast. <laughs> one, one, more, one more podcast. Okay. So um, <laughs> have you ever listened, have you ever listened to somebody like 50 Cent or Eminem? Um. Eminem, yes. Back when okay. I was in high school. Cool. So what albums of his were you into? Um, I was mostly into like whatever singles I could find, but there was like uh, the, uh, f- I forget the name of it. Uh, the Eight Miles? No, not that. Eight Miles good though. Um, it, was, um, it was one of the, uh, f- I forgot the name of it. God, it was uh, one of like the early 2010s albums. Cool. Cool. Um I forgot the name of it, but aside from that, uh, Bad Meets Evil, the side project he had with a different rapper, it was re- still really good. Okay. Um, but aside from that, no, I don't listen okay. to much rap. Okay, how about you, Guy? You ever get into Eminem at all? Not really. Not really? Okay. But so back over to Tom here. Did you ever end up uh, trying to staple your teacher to like the blackboard or whatever the heck it was he was talking about? You ever uh, end up uh, smacking, uh, beating up uh, your teacher, locking a girl in a trunk? I threw a Bible at my first grade teacher. There you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> but aside but from you, that, <laughs> I do don't see think so. From but memory, do you see at what least. I'm saying? Like, like I mean, I, I probably was. I, probably I had to drudge her. out the blackouts, but. <laughs> but like when I was when I, when Eminem first came out, I probably listened to his first couple albums at least a couple hundred times. I have never ever once done any of that type of stuff. Right, There's the yeah. influence again is like because you can differentiate. Yeah. 
Well, that is, that's the thing, like, that, that's even, like, the big argument when it comes to, like, whenever people say, like, oh, metal makes people's schools, sure, just no, it fucking doesn't. Yeah. There's no evidence to support that. In fact, there's plenty of evidence to say the exact opposite. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, that, that is a good point, Curtis. I'm glad that was actually brought up. That's really good. But even with that regard, uh, and this question, this final question is actually for both of you, uh, and sure. I'll start with Gaia, I'll start with Gaia's response, though. Um, do you see other artists following suit with, uh, with, uh, metal, uh, not metal, sorry, with, uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and the lot, uh, do you see any modern musicians doing this metal musicians, or is this more genre and era specific given that they all kind of live in within that same era and genre? Um, I don't know. I feel like that kind of like drama is kind of like dying down already a little bit. I feel like mm -hmm. I don't see as much pose as or like at the beginning of the week, let's say. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe some bands gonna follow just to be like on the wave of like promotion <laughs> almost. Um, but yeah, I I don't think that's gonna make a big change. I don't think that's gonna keep going that way. Tim Curtis. I missed the question because I got distracted by something <laughs> popping up on my computer. So, well, uh, well, I, I mentioned to Gaia that the that there's a correlation between all the artists who pulled most of the artists who pulled out. They're more like era and genre specific. I think mm -hmm. with only failure being the outlier here. But with regards to that, because that did make big news, uh, and they're supporting a cause that I think many people would support. Do you see other artists following suit? Maybe in the modern, modern musicians, metal musicians. I see you shaking your head. I don't think I need to continue the question. Well, I got one more thing to say on it though. Um, I think some people will probably try it as a publicity stunt, to be honest, right. uh, to try to get known about, like if I was an indie band and I had, and I felt strongly about this, I would probably do that, do it loudly just in order to get a lot of attention. That's just mm -hmm. me. Cause I'm an, idiot like that and i would just be like right. fuck yeah I'll, I'll use this to get some attention for my music and get some streams on apple but again that's me uh so if i was in a band and i mean that's personally what i would do because you know what would happen everybody would pick it up and be like a small little indie band fucking doing this and people like yeah fuck yeah i'm gonna listen to them support them yeah but that's but that's just me that's just how i think because i'm an asshole but um right you know you know, like if Gaia wanted to pull that, I'd be fully behind her. Like if she could get like a couple thousand streams or whatever, just from pulling your music from Spotify, I'd be like, fuck yes, let's do this. Right. So. Well, well, even in regards to like, even if we're not talking about the Neil Young, Joe Rogan situation, if people start, is, is it the same response if people are pulling out specifically because Spotify doesn't pay enough? Because that is still an issue that has not been addressed. It is. But at the same time, most of the major labels, to my understanding, still have a major stake in Spotify. So as I mean, like, it's not going to fucking happen. Like, if the mm -hmm. Indies want to pull themselves out, like, um, this is probably more a question for Gaia and you, because you guys are both the artists. I'm not the artist. But, like, to right. me, I think if you pulled your music from Spotify, you guys pulled your music from Spotify, unless you attached it to a good reason like this, for example, and we're using it in order to make a personal stand, I don't think it makes any sense because there's a lot more people that can discover you because of Spotify, because of its reach, because of how many people listen to it and will potentially buy your music. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more worth it for you to have it on there than and to pull it. Like, I don't know what you two have made, made on Spotify, but I'm assuming it's not much. But I do know for sure, because I've talked to people, uh, that they bought Gaia's uh, other products because of the fact they heard her on Spotify. Yeah, that is so true. I, I know that. I know that. Yeah, and I that is true. I do. 
Because I do remember my paycheck from Spotify being a, dr- a cartoon drawing of a peanut. I don't I'm know what, exactly surprised. what that means. I don't know exactly what that means, but I don't think yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing you got to realize is I'll bet you because Gaia sold out of all, all of her CDs. I'm going to make a plug for her radio. Uh, on her last release, Anatomy of Fear, she sold out all of her CDs and it was 100 CDs, right, Guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'll, I'll, I'd be willing to bet you. Uh, and she did like 50 of those in like one week. I'm tooting her horn again. Um, but I would be willing to bet you that at least half of those people uh, who bought the physical product probably had listened to her on Spotify first. I would be willing to bet. I could be wrong on that, but it was probably Spotify or some other streaming service, maybe even Bandcamp. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do it myself. Like I listen to like on, on Spotify and then if I really like them or I want to support them, I go and buy their albums. But most of the time I'm going to check Spotify first. Yep. I'm the exact same way. How about you, Tom? I forgot the question. <laughs> well, what I was asking was like, okay, so like I, I well, what I was saying was I personally believe that most, that it's probably more beneficial to have your music on Spotify overall, because like I gave the example of Gaia, right. she, she sold out of all of her CDs and I would be willing to bet. I don't have any data to back this up, but I'm guessing that most of the people that at least half the people that bought her CD streamed her music first on Spotify mm-hmm. or on Bandcamp or something first. So she made like a $15, $10 sale, whatever the CD cost for that little tiny fraction she got from the stream. And right. she said, she, she, she will go do that herself, listen to an artist and then buy. And I said, Tom, do you do that? Well, given the fact that Spotify is in the main place, I usually go for my own music. Um, yeah. That is because I'm a, I'm a Mac user at this point. I, I find it more convenient with my setup, but yeah, uh, I see Gaia raising her hand, but um Aside from that, like, I definitely, like, in terms of my own music, I definitely see the pull for that because I know, like, after, like, after I released the first single with Lindsay Schoolcraft, after she shared it out with all of her, with all of her followers and her friends, all of a sudden, like, I'm seeing, holy shit, the fucking numbers are going up on this Spotify version, on the Spotify release. Like, last I checked, it was just, it was just over 9,000 streams, which I thought was like, Thank you, Gaia, for clapping. Uh, I, I still remember, like, it was, like, that was euphoric, but I, then I look at the numbers over on Apple Music, and it's, like, it's still pretty good, but it's, like, below 50, below 100, so it's very obvious where the majority of my audience is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can definitely see a lot of uh, reason for that, especially, you know, every reason for me to be, like, you know, shit's bleak right now, but... I'm just going to keep my stuff on Spotify. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an audience for you. And that's what you want to have is the more people that know who you are, the more potential you have of making sales. And I mean, obviously, exactly, you can't yeah. depend on it. But if you just depend on Spotify as your sole income, that's bad. You're doing something wrong as it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah. should be having your other products there. Like Gaia is a good, good example. Again, she's got mugs. She's got shirts. She's got hats. She's got she had stickers, I think, at one point, you know, so. Sorry, guy. I'm tooting your horn again, but just no complaining. <laughs> Anybody listening to this, go go check out Guy Gorda and Guy Gorda Bandcamp and buy your stuff. <laughs> I, I second that. Yeah, and, and me too. Yes, def, don't forget about me. <laughs> well, I, well, you're the host. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Nice. Nice. And for those who who don't know what's going on, Guy, I think one of her lights just fell. Um, yeah, nice. her ring light just. Yep. 
plummeted to the ground faster than Spotify stocks. Anyways, so thank you. (laughs) It was right there. I couldn't resist. But guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, While we have you here for a few seconds, I want you guys to take a few seconds, shout out whatever projects are going on or whatever you want to shout out. Gaia, start with you. Uh, I don't have much going on. (laughs) Grave next door. Grave next door. Grave next door. You my what? Grave next door. Oh, grave next door. Yes, uh, I'm doing the PR campaign for Grave next door. They're releasing an album in March uh, 18. On March 18, um, check that out. And there is a Death on Fire that's releasing also a single in two weeks. On the 18th, thank you. And Curtis, what do you got going on? Uh, a lot of stuff. Listen to my podcast, the C Squared Podcast. Gaia is a co-host. Aliyah is a co-host. Holly's a co-host, and obviously Corey's co-host. Uh, come listen to the podcast. You can find it on Spotify. And <laughs> the other thing I want to shout out, um, I do want to give Gaia another shout out because uh, she put out an excellent album last year. She also just helped uh, with a new, uh, not a new video, which she her music appears in, in Lindsay Schoolcraft's new video, uh, Twin Flame. You should go check that out. It's on YouTube. It's not on Spotify right now. Uh, or you can join Lindsay's uh, Patreon and you can get it for, I think it's like 15 bucks a month or something silly like that. Uh, but go check out Gaia's stuff. It is on Bandcamp. It was Name Your Price. Is it still Name Your Price? It's still Name Your Price. So you can get digitally Name Your Price. You should give her 50 bucks because uh, it's good <laughs> stuff. And if you don't, uh, just give her some money because she deserves it. And that's my shout out. If you aren't <laughs> paying $666 for Gaia merch, you're doing it wrong. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this. It's a very important topic to talk about, and I'm glad I was able to do so with you guys. You're very welcome. All right, that was Curtis Dewar and Gaia Gawarda from C-Squared Marketing. How about we wrap this up quickly, because now I'm unpleasantly hungry and I can't understand why. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also check out everything Metal Robot on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Good night.